Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22. This is the call of the disciples of Jesus. There is a lot of background material I want to talk about today as it relates to this passage, but I want to read it to you first, and then we'll talk about what's going on. Then we'll come back and reread it, and then the second reading, I think it will really become crystal clear what this is all about. So let's look at Matthew uh, chapter 4, verses 18 through 22. This is the English Standard Version. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, and the boat was Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So what's going on here? It seems like Jesus is walking along the the seashore, the, the, the lake shore, the Sea of Galilee. And he's calling these guys and just saying, hey, come follow me. And they just drop everything and follow Christ. Well, there's some background story that's going on here. Matthew is telling us something very, very important. If you back up to verse 17, uh, right before this reading, it says, From that time Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we get the essence of what Jesus' preaching is all about, that he's proclaiming that it's time to change. Repentance comes from a Greek word, metanoia. And metanoia just means a change of mind. Call it a paradigm shift, if you like. This new paradigm has come to play into the world, and we need to realign our lives according to this new reality. Things have changed so drastically that you need to change how you look at the world. So that's what Jesus is preaching, beginning at the verse right before he calls these disciples. But back up further and realize there's a bigger narrative going on. I mean, what? why would he say kingdom of heaven? Well, kingdom of heaven is just God's rule. And he's saying God's rule, God's heavenly rule, is going to come to this planet. And that's how it was in the beginning, in the Garden of Eden. Heaven and earth were interlocking in God's realm. God was in control. He was king over everything. And he appointed us as co-regents. He appointed us, human beings. It's called the dominion mandate in Genesis chapter 1. He gave us the charge to rule alongside him. But human beings threw that away. Adam and Eve threw it away. They listened to the lie of the serpent and they abdicated that role. And since then, man has been building kingdom in his own image. We have what we'd call the kingdoms of man or the kingdoms of darkness that man has created, these powerful kingdoms that stand in opposition to God's rule and God's power. And so now we're hearing in Matthew that God is reclaiming his territory. God's kingdom rule has come to bear on this planet. And so Jesus is doing some things that are very symbolic and very powerful. Jesus starts his ministry at the Jordan River. That's very significant. The Jordan River would be the place where Israel would come into the promised land. Remember Joshua, that's where the conquest of the land starts there at the Jordan River. So the 12 tribes of Israel enter the promised land at the Jordan River. So we have this water event that takes place there where Jesus is baptized, which also makes us think about the crossing of the Red Sea, a water event. 
And then Jesus goes into the wilderness for 40 days. This would be Matthew chapter 3. For 40 days and is tempted by the devil. Well, that's how long Israel was in the wilderness before they got to Mount Sinai. They go for 40 days. And they fail miserably with the temptation that comes their way. But Jesus passes with flying colors. And then right after the temptation of cross, we have this statement where he says he starts to preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And as soon as he does that, as soon as he starts that preaching, how many disciples does he appoint eventually? This is an important question. How many disciples does Jesus have? He has 12. Now think about that. Where have you heard that number 12 before? Jesus is reconstituting what it means to be God's people. He's reframing the 12 tribes of Israel. And now, God's people will be centered around Jesus Christ. Jesus is the embodiment of God's kingdom. He is the true king, and he is calling his subjects uh, to give homage and honor to him. So now we have a kingdom, we have a king who is Jesus, and now we have a people. Jesus is starting to build this group of people who would become the earthly manifestation of God's kingdom people which we're a part of today. Jesus is our king, and so we're part of this wonderful kingdom today. So verse 17 says, he's going to preach this message, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And what is he? what's the very next thing he does? Well, a king needs subjects. He needs people. So he calls his first followers who will leave everything behind. And that's what you should do. I mean, if you think about it, if God's just rule has come to bear, If Jesus is this true king and there's this paradigm shift that should happen, it would make sense that you drop everything and you follow him. Now, the disciples probably have a backstory with Jesus. This is probably not the first time they've met Christ. You would think, man, he just walks up on the the beach and says, hey, follow me. And they just drop everything. And you're like, wait a minute, that, that sounds strange. Did he have some type of like vampire stare he put up on them to where they were, you know, just captivated by him and they just left everything? If you think about it, John's gospel fills in some gaps and tells us that John the Baptist pointed toward Jesus and said, this is the Lamb of God. And some of these guys were already following John the Baptist, some of these ones he calls right here in the story. So when they heard John the Baptist point toward Jesus and say, this is the Lamb of God, they knew there was a backstory. They knew that he was the one they'd been waiting for. They were already primed for this call. They knew who Jesus was. We also see in verse 17, he had been preaching and proclaiming. So I could imagine he's probably been in the synagogues there in Capernaum and some of those small towns. And maybe they've packed themselves into those synagogues and heard Jesus preach already. And so they know he is proclaiming this kingdom movement. They know he must be this or could be this Messiah they're waiting for. So when he calls them, at least at the least, he's a rabbi and a good teacher. And so this rabbi has called us, so we're going to follow this rabbi. At the most, they realize he's probably or could be the Messiah of Israel. He could be the king. And of course, they want to be a part of that movement. So today, there's just so much going on in this story. I wanted you to realize that when God's kingdom comes to bear, when Jesus comes and preaches in Matthew, he's not preaching, you know, the the gospel of the minimum requirements to go to heaven. You know, he's not preaching fire insurance stuff. He's preaching the kingdom of God. He says it over 50 times in this gospel. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. And and when you have a king, you're called to be in total subjection to his rule. 
This radical call of Jesus is upon us today. We are called to be his followers, to give allegiance, to give our life to him, to relinquish all rights to our life because he is the true king and we are his subjects. So with all that in mind, as I've given you the background of what's going on in Matthew's gospel, I want to reread the passage. And just a real quick note, think about the very next chapter. Jesus is going to go on a mountain and give his discourse on the law. Think about where the Israelites received the law of Moses. It was on a mountain. So all this is happening for a reason. Well, I want to go back and read our passage one more time as we close out today. This is Matthew 4, 18 through 22. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. And it's today, Jesus calls us to, isn't that such good news to hear that there's 2,000 years of continuity of this call to be a part of Jesus' kingdom, that we today, followers of Jesus Christ, are part of this magnificent kingdom and this movement of God in this world. Let us not forget that, that we are not just Christians going through the motions, you know, churchanity, or basically checklist Christianity. We are followers of Jesus. We are part of his kingdom. And we relinquish all rights to our life because of that call. Well, I hope you have a great day and I hope to see you back again tomorrow.